0: Good morning, church. Welcome, whether you're here or on the internet or joining us even later with the recording, welcome. And I have good news the tomb is empty, Jesus is alive. Amen. And welcome. And this is the biggest day of the year, if you really want to talk about it in the Christian perspective. This is the day we celebrate the victory over the grave, the victory over sin, Jesus resurrecting uh, from death and rising again to live forevermore. And we just want to celebrate, so let me just open us with a quick word of prayer. We're going to turn it over to Let Go Praise Team, and they're going to rock us out, right? They're going to rock us so hard that the tomb, their stone would be busted even if it was still in place, right? There we go. Good God. Let's pray. God, we just thank you. We praise you. We praise you that the tomb is empty. We praise you for the resurrection. We praise you, God, that you are alive forevermore and that you live in each of us today and that you make a difference in our life. Now let us just glorify you. Let us just shout and praise our praises to you, Lord, and give you the glory we ask in your precious name. Amen. Take us away. Let go, praise team. grave's empty. Let's shout hallelujah and let's raise the roof. You ready? Hallelujah! Amen. You may be seated. And welcome, Jan and Mike Booker, Jack, uh, Laura Haven, Betty Fisher, Cindy Heisman, Sally Jefferson, Chester Stevenson, Kathy and Leon, Jan Booker again, Ken Taylor, Judy Sadwick, Nancy Smith, Julie Bean Green, Debbie Reynolds McPherson, Charlie Charlene Cookridge and all the others that may be on here that I'm not reading right. And uh, I want to say a special thanks to Justin Olivia back here, uh, David, and Dick and Debbie McPherson had a death in the family. They had to leave, and Justin's filling in for David, and thank you so much, Justin. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, now, we're doing this a little bit different. If you noticed, I didn't do any announcements this morning. We're going to do very few announcements. If you have a prayer request or you have a praise, you need to go ahead and send that in to uh, Christy right now, or you can write it on the side while I'm doing the preaching, if you will, before we get to communion. Remind you, if you have not got your communion cup, if you'll raise your hand, I'll have Tom bring you one. Anybody in here need one? And if you're online, you may want to get your juice and cup ready for the, the communion. And just so that you know what we're going to be doing, we're going to go through the liturgy but don't partake of it yet because we're going to sing a song before we actually partake of it. Okay, just so everybody knows. Okay, you ready to hear what we've got to say? How many of you watched the sunrise service? Well, a few of you did. If you didn't, if you didn't, go online and watch it. It's posted on Facebook, on YouTube, and on the website. Uh, we filmed it down at the lake, and, and again, thank you, uh, Bob, Charles, and Kendra for allowing us the use of your dock and. Backyard and the lake. And uh, Billman, is, is, I think you'll like him. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I want to ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. You know, people ask me sometimes, why do you do that? Well, if you'll go back and look in the Old Testament, they stood every time they went to service. And they stood when God's Word was read. And there are some denominations, they stand every time the Gospel part is read. Others stand whenever God's word is read, like they did in Deuteronomy. If you'll go back and read Deuteronomy, they had to stand there while Moses gave a three-hour speech one day. Sandy, would you stand for me to talk for three hours? I, that's what I thought. Okay, we're reading. I'm sorry. Is the pay good? No. What? What? Extra? The fringe benefits are fantastic. Okay. We're reading about the resurrection, and we're reading from John, I think. Okay, John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran, and she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. Do you reckon there's a little prejudice there? And she said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came. Following him, he went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrapping, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene then. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head, the other at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they've taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around. And saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Notice something. He spoke her name and she recognized him. And think about some other verses in John where Jesus said, I know my sheep and they know my name. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. She told them that he had said these things to her. The reading of the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Any of you see the promo for today? That we put on Facebook? Well, anyhow, here's here's the promo. Here's the thing the empty grave changes everything. What you believe about that grave changes everything. Now here's one thing you can't argue. I don't care if you're an agnostic or even an atheist. There's enough writings to know that something happened that first Easter sunrise morning in Jerusalem. Something happened. What was it? That's a different story. But something happened. And you and I say what happened was Jesus was resurrected. And God says it. Now, let me think, before we talk about how the empty grave changes things, let me talk to you a minute and just tell you how Jesus himself changed everything. Any of you ever have to do college papers and write the dates? Well, you know, I kind of went late in life up to Duke, and we had to write the dates, and then we had to put CE behind it. Y'all, Sandy, I know at your age it was A.D. Yeah, y'all remember? Y'all remember? Jesus changed things. He changed time. Used to be B.C. and A.D. Now it's B.C.E. before the Christian era and C.E. for the Christian era. Nobody else changed time that way. He changed time. Jesus, God in the form of Jesus, became a human. Do you realize? No other religion claims this. No other religion says that God came down and became one of his creatures especially not to redeem them. Jesus God in the form of Jesus maybe I should say suffered injustice and does it for his people. He changed things. God in the form of Jesus died on a cross for you and I and for whosoever will believe. God in the form of Jesus laying a tomb. God cannot die, can he? God, in the form of Jesus, was resurrected from the dead. If anybody can raise the dead, it would be the creator of God, wouldn't it? Jesus, or God, gives hope to all the people who believe in him. God, through Jesus, is the light of the world. I want you to think about something. Light cannot stay in a tomb. A tomb is a dark place. Light can't exist there. He had to come out of the tomb. God in the form of Jesus was the breath of life. There is no life in the tomb. Jesus couldn't stay there because he's the breath of life. He had to come out. God in the form of Jesus was the manna, food from heaven for you and I. Foods not hoarded, foods made to be given away so that people can enjoy it. God, in the form of Jesus, is the one who said that he would give life and give it abundantly. Life abundantly has to be outside of a tomb, doesn't it? It can't be inside of one. God, who in the form of Jesus said he was the living water, would move where he needed to and nothing could hold him back. God, in the form of Jesus, was the one that was going to make all things right, who would bring justice, who would be alive in the world, who would defeat evil and death, which he did on that first resurrection morning. God in the form of Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, which means he could not die. Think about something. Let's think about the resurrection in the term of uh, Jesus' followers. They had thought he was the one. They had put their life, their hope, their dreams in him and yet, he had been crucified in front of their eyes like a common criminal and put in the tomb. And the rock had been rolled against it. And it had been sealed with Pilate's seal, and the soldiers were there guarding. And they thought, they thought the world had ended. This was the one they had put their life into, and now he was dead. What were they going to do? Not only that, if the Romans would kill him, they were probably next. So they went. And they hid, Jim. They hid in the upper room and they didn't even call their kids and tell their kids where they were. Oh, they didn't have cell phones, did they? But still. They didn't tell anybody where they were. And and think about this. Certainly they weren't out saying that they were Jesus' followers and they weren't out promoting the gospel. They didn't want anybody to know that they were kin to him, if you will. Now, This is what I think they were doing, and this is what I would have been doing, Sue. I'd have been making plans to to skedaddle out of there. I was going to be getting out of Dodge as soon as I figured out a way I could get out, and the Romans couldn't find me. And I was going someplace that they didn't even know existed. I was going to get away. And I think they were probably thinking along those terms also. But something happened, didn't it? Something happened that changed them, because Just a few verses on over when we get into Acts, they're going to stand up and shout before a crowd about Jesus. They're going to tell the gospel story. They're going to bring over 3,000 people into the church at one time because they're going to be telling everybody, Let me tell you about this Jesus you crucified. Something changed them. It changed them from sniveling cowards into bold disciples. And if you will go back and you look, if you'll go get something called Fox's Book of Martyrs, by the way, the public library has it, it would tell you how every single one of them died. And every one of them, with the exception of John, died a martyr, giving their life for Christ. Peter, we know, was crucified upside down. Others was filleted by knives. Some were uh, crucified. Some just had their heads cut off. John's the only one that died of old breath, old, old age, but that was after he crawled out of a pot of burning oil and was exiled to the island of Patmos where he wrote Revelation. Every one of them gave their life for Jesus. Think about something. Would they have done that if they were not certain the tomb was empty and Jesus Christ was risen? Risen physically as well as spiritually. Would they have died that kind of death? Would they have allowed their kin people, their loved ones, their friends, to put faith in a lie? If they had stolen the body has had been suggested, would they really go through all that? Would you? I wouldn't. I don't think one of them may have, but all 12 of them? 13 if we count Paul? Really? No. They believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that the tomb was empty. They believed beyond all... Anybody could say against them that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. They knew He was the Lord of lords and the King of kings. They had seen Him. They had eaten with Him. They had touched Him after the resurrection. They had put their finger in the nail marks, their hands in the side, and they knew He was alive and and they believed. Think about it. Mary. Mary went from a grief-stricken woman to a joyful herald of the good news, telling others about the love of Jesus Christ. Just as the empty tomb and our faith in Jesus allows you and I to stand at a graveside and say goodbye to our loved one, having the assurance that God is there and that God has that loved one in his hands. And there will be a day of reckoning in the future when we can be reunited. We have hope because of an empty tomb. We have the hope for a better tomorrow. We have the hope of a bright future no matter what the grave and death may say. Because of an empty tomb. It changed everything. Peter Peter went from being a denying, cursing disciple to one who would lead the church and give his life for Jesus Christ crucified upside down. Why? Because that empty grave changed everything for Peter. Think about it. When the boss and your family say you're no good, you're the black sheep of the family, you ain't worth a flip. Y'all had those things said about you also? The empty grave and Jesus say, but I got you. Don't worry, because the world thought I was a loser too. They crucified me. They buried me. Pilate thought he had me shut up. But guess what? I'm alive forevermore because there's an empty grave in my church. It's still growing today. Trust me, I'm the resurrection and the life. I change everything because the grave is empty. Thomas. Thomas went from being a disbelieving cynic to what I'm going to call the praying, worshiping Pentecostal that you couldn't keep quiet. He kept talking about Jesus everywhere he went. Like me, like countless others, the empty tomb in Jesus take us from being agnostic or even atheist to being wholehearted, believing, worshiping followers of Jesus Christ. When Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, it was true. He's the one that gives the abundant life. He's the one that lets us live life to the fullest. The empty tomb takes away the fear of death, takes away the fear of ridicule. It means we can live life full of love for others. The empty grave changes everything. The apostle Saul, or Paul as we know him, Paul went from being the number one enemy of Christians, the one that was throwing them in jail and killing them, to being their greatest supporter he went from throwing people into jail to being put in jail for Jesus. When he met Jesus on that Damascus road and he believed in that empty tomb and he wrote about their resurrection in more than one of his letters, his life was changed dramatically. Listen to what he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. He says this, For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved... It is the power of God. For Jews demand signs. Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified. A stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jew and Greek, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The empty tomb Is Paul's explanation point. The empty tomb is God's explanation point. It's the resounding, reverberating echo that sounds out throughout history, if you will. Remember when God spoke at Jesus' baptism? And also again on the Mount of Transfiguration and both times he said something like this, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, the empty tomb shouts that. It puts an explanation point on that. God raising Jesus from the dead reaffirms Christ as his very own son. Here's the crux of the day. Do you believe the tomb is empty? Because it changes everything. If you believe in an empty tomb, it changes the way you look at life. Because now you have hope beyond this life here. You know this is just the beginning. There's more that comes afterwards. If you believe in an empty tomb and in Jesus Christ, as your Lord, your purpose on this earth changes. It goes from making money or being successful to being glorifying Jesus Christ and telling others about his love, to obeying him. The empty tomb means that you are loved and accepted beyond all shadow of a doubt, so much so that you're forgiven of your sin. The empty tomb erases your mistakes. The empty tomb takes the pressure off of your performance because God has already done it. You couldn't do it. He did it for you. The empty tomb erases that sin that the Bible calls that we have. The empty tomb allows you to leave anxiety, frustration, hurt feelings, and failures behind. The empty tomb allows you to stand no matter what may be going on in your life. And when everything looks like it's black, black as the ace of spades, there's a speck of light that will burst into your life and bring light because the empty tomb shines bright in the face of all adversity. In the face of anything you, you may come against you, the empty tomb says, I am the light of the world and I am alive. Praise God for that empty tomb. It changed me. It can change you. And if you believe, it changes everything. Amen? Amen. 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 Let us pray. Lord, we thank you this day for this empty tomb that we celebrate. The tomb that could not hold you. We thank you that the courts of death could not hold you. We thank you, Lord, that you are alive and forevermore, and that you live in your church and in your believers, and that wherever there needs to be hope, you're there offering that. Thank you that you offer hope in the midst of despair. That when everything else looks like it's bleak, whether it be a, a coronavirus, Whether it be the loss of a job, a sickness, a wayward spouse or a wayward child, whatever it may be, you, God, are our hope. And with you, all things are possible. Thank you for the resurrection. I just pray that you would break out among us this day, including this preacher, that you would resurrect us to a new excitement about telling others for you a new reason to know that you love us and a new expectation of loving others and letting them see the goodness of God also. We ask in your name. Amen. You know, it's a rare occasion when we can come and we can celebrate the sacrament of communion on such a special day as Resurrection Sunday. This is one of those years, and I praise God for it. We will celebrate, and in the liturgy that we use, using our traditional liturgy, we're going to talk about Jesus rising from the grave. We'll talk about his death on the cross for us. We'll talk about the elements representing His blood and His flesh. Today we get to celebrate that on a Resurrection Sunday when we're praising Him for the empty tomb. So I want to use the traditional means today. They will appear on the screen, I think. Uh, Yes, they will. Remember, they're written in such a way that you say the bold letters the, light, the lighter letters that are in red graffont, I'll be saying, just in case you don't know that, okay? So prepare your hearts as we come to the table. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, all who earnestly repent of their sin, all who seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and before one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A moment of silent prayer to prepare your hearts for receiving the ordinance of Holy Communion. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. May the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right. It is a good and joyful thing always and everywhere, Lord, to give you thanks. Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, you formed us in your image. You breathed into us the breath of life. And when we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity. Made covenant to be our sovereign God. You spoke to us through your prophet's. And so, Father, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who were oppressed, to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, ate with sinners. By the baptism and suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death. You made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus Christ ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bed, gave it to his disciples, said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and a living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the great mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. So pour your Spirit out on us gathered here and on these gifts of the bread and the cup. Make them to be for us the body and the blood of Christ so that we may be the for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one in ministry to all the world, till Christ shall come in final victory, and we shall feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, may all honor and glory be yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, Before we actually take communion, we're going to sing Jesus Messiah. The praise team's going to lead us. Do so knowing the tomb is empty. And then, as you're going to come forward or as you're going to take communion in your seats in just a moment, we're celebrating the empty tomb. So do it with joy in your hearts. Stand as they lead us, please. Let's see where we're at according to this. i got to get through all the communion liturgy I didn't turn. Okay. Hopefully you've sent in your prayer request uh, as Christy is compiling those. I remind you that to support this ministry, you can send your donations to Lake Gibson United Methodist Church located at 424 West Daughtery Road, Lakeland, Florida. 33809. Uh, Go to the website, lakegibsonumc.com. There are links on there where you can set up a one-time payment. You can set up repetitive payments. You can even give by text. Don't ask me how it works, but there's the phone number, 833-758-0308. Um, as I said, you can go to our website. Our phone number at the office is 863-858-5431. You can call us. Don't forget there will be a Zooming the piece at 1130, hosted by Dwight and Phyllis that you can join. And I have a Bible study that I host at 1 p.m. every Thursday. We're in 1 Corinthians 15. And on Sunday mornings at 9.15, you can join Miss Sue's Sunday School class via Zoom. All the links are listed on the website, lakegibsonumc.com. Chrissy, do we have praises and prayer requests? Okay. We'd, we want to pray for that Piney Point situation, the levy over there with the phosphate dam that's uh, breaching. So we want to pray for that and those people. I want to pray for those that have been affected by many of the shootings this week. We've had three or four, including the one that killed the police officer in the Capitol with the uh, crack, uh, crash and shooting. Continue your prayers for Terry, who is in ICU. We prayed for her last week, but let's continue to pray for her. Please continue prayers for Betty Fisher as she's going through chemo treatments. She had one this Thursday. Pray for Nancy Smith. Marge Payne. Marsha Burke, daughter, is in the hospital in New York with pneumonia and more cancer spots. So we want to pray for her. Joanne BB is asking us to pray for Jill Monroe, stage four kidney failure, plus congestive heart failure, in the hospital in Michigan, and also to pray for her daughter Marlee Conroy, who's having back problems but can't do an MRI. The McPherson family, as I said, Dick, Debbie, and uh, David had to go to North Carolina for her death, and in the families so we want to pray for them, pray for them as they travel back. Also, other prayer request? Y- yes, ma'am. A friend and Okay. Of her- okay. M- Mabel and her son, okay? Any others in congregation? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, as we come before your throne of grace this day, we again do so giving you praise and thanks. What a joy it is. What a joy it is to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the tomb is empty. What a joy it is. What love it was that held you to a cross. It was no Roman nails. It was your great love for humanity. And that blood that flowed down The cross that came from you, everywhere it touched the ground, that ground was holy. That blood covers each of us this day. We praise you for it. We praise you that we can sing the song, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We thank you for what you have done for each of us as you have cleansed us and breathed the breath of life into us. We thank you. The tomb is empty. Showing us there is more in just this life. As we come before you, though, Lord, you instruct us to lift those in need before you. And you've seen those situations that have been put on the screens that have been verbalized here. The situation over at Piney Point with a, a phosphate dam about to breach, Lord, and the people that it would affect, as well as Tampa Bay and the environment and all the life it would affect there. We lift it before you, and God, I just, I just thank you even now that there's, been no loss of life and pray there will not be and pray that you'll give the engineers and the people responding a a way to limit this catastrophe. For those in need and you have heard those listed today those daughters and nieces and other loved ones that are sick and in the hospitals, those that are undergoing treatments for cancer and other diseases, those that are dealing with loved ones that uh, have Dementia and Alzheimer's and other elements such as that. Those that are just having a tough time. Maybe they responded this day. Maybe they don't know you. And I pray, for, I pray especially for those that don't know you this day. That they would hear the good news. That they would know that you died for them. And they would know they can see that because of an empty tomb. I pray for those who may doubt you this day that Somehow, some little way, you would bring something into their life that would show them, I'm here, I love you, turn to me. I'm for you, not against you. I pray, Lord, for all of those in our nation, for those that have lost loved ones this week because of the violence. We pray, asking you to hold them in your hands. Even asking you, Lord, to help us In some way, to deal with this in a way that that this would not keep reoccurring. For anyone who's thinking violent thoughts, even now, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would pour the oil of peace over their mind. That even now you would make inroads into their mind so that they can be people of peace and joy and love instead of hatred and murder. Lord, you know the many other things going on. We pray for our nation. We pray for our world. Pray for the situations that are going on with COVID. For those like Ellen's friend that have COVID and they have people in their life and even in their house that um, have other symptoms that they they, they just don't need this, Lord. Ah, but Lord, in the midst of all this, even as we pray for these, and the McPherson family who has lost loved ones in the midst of all this, I again praise you that the tomb is empty, that you are alive and well. We ask this all in your precious name.